Hello and welcome to the SKY Coaching Podcast. This podcast is for people who are experiencing chronic fatigue syndrome and want to improve their quality of life, to regain their health and to feel like themselves again. I'm a chronic fatigue coach and I want to help you start taking action to live the life you want to live. I keep my podcast short, sweet and helpful as I know energy is limited when it comes to CFS. If at any point you are interested in my coaching service, you can find out more information at www.sunkissedyoga.co.uk. Hello and welcome to today's podcast, which is going to be explaining the role of the vagus nerve in chronic fatigue syndrome. So the vagus nerve is a wonderful thing. It's a truly amazing part of your anatomy. Um, And it's a pair of cranial nerves and it's responsible for bodily functions such as digestion, heart rate, your reflex actions like sneezing or coughing, uh, cardiovascular activity and also your breathing. Cranial nerves link your brain with other areas of your body. And the vagus nerve has both sensory and motor functions. And it plays a role primarily in your autonomic nervous system, which is the system that controls your subconscious actions like breathing and digesting, things that your body does without you having to think about it. And within the autonomic nervous system, we've got your parasympathetic nervous system, which hopefully if you're listening, you know is crucial to your CFS recovery. The vagus nerve represents the main component of your parasympathetic. And remember, your parasympathetic is your rest and digest state, the state your body has to be in, in order to heal and regain energy. So if the vagus nerve is not working as well as it should, then the processes that your parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for can easily malfunction, basically. Things like poor digestion, low immunity, irregular heart rate, dizziness, like a heightened stress response, um, which can lead to chronic inflammation, anxiety, and also gut issues. Uh, Shockingly, all of the symptoms and traits that we see with CFS, you probably resonate with a couple or all of those uh, symptoms, right? One of the main things that will determine how well and how fast you recover from CFS is your ability to reduce stress and anxiety in general, but also anxiety specifically around your symptoms. But when we have a vagus nerve that isn't working very well, it's way harder for us to get into our rest and restore parasympathetic state. So it makes sense for you to do things that directly stimulate your vagus nerve to increase that parasympathetic response um, and essentially boost your healing. But before I go into that and tell you the ways in which you can do that, I want to explain that the most common reason for your vagus nerve to not function properly is either physical or psychological stress. Stress is literally a killer. It's 80% of the reason why people go to the doctor. So you see, it's a bit of a vicious cycle. Excessive stress causes your vagus nerve to dysfunction. And a dysfunctional vagus nerve causes you to feel more stress more frequently and more intensely. 
So I hear you ask, (laughs) what can you do about this? How do you break that cycle? Firstly, know that you can learn to regulate it and heal. The human body is so amazing at healing after it goes through incredible amounts of trauma. You just have to work with it and set it up for success instead of getting in your own way and not believing you can. So while I can't and won't diagnose you with a dysfunctional vagus nerve, because that's not my job at all, it's likely that if you have CFS, that your vagus nerve is not working as optimally as it could be. Although that's definitely not the case for everyone, um, but it is likely. And what you want to work on, like what the goal is, is your vagal tone. And this basically means the activity of your vagus nerve because you can improve it. It's not like your vagus nerve either does or doesn't work. It's just like it's either underactive or sometimes it can be overactive or it's healthy. Yeah. And it's likely it's um, slightly underactive if you have CFS. And the ways of treating and stimulating the vagus nerve are so wholesome and so good for you in general that there are literally no side effects. So I don't feel guilty recommending them or like I shouldn't be recommending them for everyone because whether you have a healthy vagus nerve or not, you should look to include some of these methods I'm about to go into into your life anyway for like the mental health benefits, the physical benefits, um, the hormonal benefits that happen in your body. Okay, so I also want to say that by increasing your vagal tone, this means your body can relax faster after a stressor has occurred meaning you can calm down a lot quicker, which is going to be of great importance for you managing your stress around your symptoms and anything else that will come up in your life as you work on recovering from CFS. And this is also very useful for overthinkers. You know, overthinking is basically um, having a lot of stress after an event has occurred or sometimes even in preparation for something in the future. So stimulating the vagus nerve It's going to help you stay relaxed and uh, reduce your anxiety. So a few ways in which you can instantly activate your vagus nerve is, well, the first one is actually is humming and singing or gargling. And this is because the nerve is connected to your vocal cords and the muscles in your throat. So by using them, you're directly stimulating the nerve. However, one of my absolute favourite ways to stimulate the vagus nerve is cold exposure. Research has shown that regular cold exposure can reduce your fight and flight response and increased, increase sorry, your rest response through the vagus nerve. How amazing is that? Like, I'm lucky enough to live by the sea and not too far from uh, freshwater either. So I have incorporated cold swimming into my life and honestly... It is one of the most amazing things. I actually really look forward to it now. Um, I recently spent a few months in South America and I genuinely missed the cold water. And more than that, it was something I actually started using when I was going through my own CFS recovery. And at the start, that was just like 30 seconds, actually maybe even less, like 10 seconds of cold water at the end of my shower. Um, because I didn't have the the energy to go out for a wild swim when I was, you know, bed, pretty much bed bound. Um, and I wouldn't recommend for you to just go and <laughs> jump in a big, um, 
a big area of cold water if you're not feeling like you have the energy for that yet but just literally just increasing the cold water in your shower is a great place to start um, and as hard as cold exposure can be to get into because it's cold it's so so worth it if you can stay consistent um, you have to make it a habit and you could even just ease yourself in I've heard of people who just like stick their face in a sink of cold water um, or just your hands to start with or something like that um, yeah cold exposure I recommend it to everyone whether you have CFS or not but specifically for CFS it has so many amazing health benefits on the body. Obviously, stimulating your vagus nerve is the main one that we're talking about today, but you can literally just Google it and it's ridiculous the amount of benefits it has. So I would definitely recommend that if you can get into it. It's also a nice discipline as well. Like it's something that you think you can't do. Like every time I look at the sea, I'm like, there's no way I can do this. It's so cold. And then I do it and it's like really empowering. I'm like, oh, I did that. And it helps you kind of boost your self-esteem as well. And it's really quite empowering. So yeah, I'll move on now. Stop ranting about cold water. <laughs> so the next recommendation and um, something that I think is like so underrated is uh, deep and slow breathing. This is shown to reduce anxiety and activate your vagus nerve. Also, breathing into your diaphragm rather than shallowly breathing into your chest is quite important. So really allowing your belly to expand with each inhale and then obviously contract and relax with each exhale. And if you think about it, any time that you are stressed, your breathing becomes short and sharp, yeah? Or if you're, um, even if you're like crying, and really emotional, your breathing is like all over the place, yeah? But anytime you're relaxed, your breathing is deep and calm and long. So if you're wanting to get yourself out of stress, it makes sense to use your breath as a tool. That's one of the most beautiful things about the breath is that it is subconscious, but you can also make it conscious, you know? It'll happen whether you think about it or not, but you can also control it. I provide all my clients with um, follow along breathwork tutorials and I recommend you try and focus on your breathing at least once a day. It's not realistic to think you can breathe a certain way 24-7. Um, there's no need to put that pressure on yourself. But just carving out a section of your day, five or ten minutes is perfect. You'll still get the benefits of it and it requires very little energy as well. Like if you are bed bound at the minute or um, you're going through a symptom flare-up, then, you know, focusing on your breath takes very little energy. So it's a good place to start. So the next recommendation, and again, something I use and provide my clients with is meditation. It can be used as a relaxation technique and it can stimulate your vagus nerve as well. Meditation has been shown to by the research to um, increase your positive emotions as well as your vagal tone. And it kind of promotes feelings of goodwill towards yourself, which is often something that's really lacking um, in people with CFS. A common personality trait is quite low self-worth and low self-esteem. So meditation is um, a great one. 
I know if you have never tried meditation before, it can seem quite daunting and quite overwhelming. And in some cases, for some people, meditation can actually be a little bit triggering, which is why um, I would recommend not just sort of trying it on your own. Um, yeah, find a video to follow along with. Or of course, you can reach out to me as that is, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, so I provide that to my clients. Um, and I'm more than happy to chat that through um, with anyone who wants to talk about it. So after meditation, the next thing I'd recommend is, well, I actually, I'm not going to recommend this, but something that is recommended uh, generally is exercise. It's another great way to improve your vagal tone. However, I know that this isn't accessible always when you're going through CFS recovery. So I prefer the term movement because it takes the pressure off a bit, I think, like movement sounds a bit nicer than exercise. Um, you know, it's no secret that movement is medicine and it is literally amazing. One of the best things you can do for your physical and mental health. So it should definitely be a goal if you're currently unable to. But how you bridge the gap between um, being where you're at and not having to flare up your symptoms to a place where you can comfortably exercise is kind of part of CFS recovery and it's quite tricky to navigate on your own and can feel quite frustrating when you know people are telling you to exercise but you literally can't because it exhausts you. I understand that. So I'd recommend listening to my other podcast on how to increase your activity with CFS for a more detailed explanation because I go into it in um, quite a lot more detail. But the moral of that story is working with where you are at so if you're bed bound, just looking at being able to sit up, maybe take a few steps around the room is your increase in activity. For others, it'll be trying to go to the gym again or something like that. Either way, you need to allow your body to go through an adjustment period after you've upped the movement so your nervous system can adjust and you need to learn to manage your progress cycles. And again, if you want to know what all those things mean, go ahead and listen to that other podcast. And also, while we're on exercise and movement, the best form of movement is the one that works for you, right? Finding something that you enjoy and brings you happiness is key to staying consistent and making it more about feeling good and enjoying yourself than pressuring yourself to exercise because you think you should, or you think you have to. If you can follow that ethos and find something that you actually enjoy doing, um, that's going to help you integrate it into your life more and it won't stress you out as much. And obviously one of the key things we're trying to do in CFS recovery <clears throat> is reduce our um, stress. So the final thing I'm going to recommend uh, for the vagus nerve stimulation is socializing and talking. Now, I already spoke about how your vocal cords are literally like the muscles in your throat connected to the vagus nerve. So that kind of explains why things like humming, singing, laughing, socializing and talking are good. Um, but socializing and talking can reduce your body's main stress hormone as well. Um, and doing that is likely going to stimulate your vagus nerve as well because stress reduction is, again, promoting the parasympathetic state of being. 
surrounding yourself or not surrounding yourself with but I know when you're going through CFS I definitely felt very lonely I know a lot of my clients tell me that they feel lonely and isolated because no one understands I totally get it and when I say socializing I don't mean going out to parties and surrounding yourself with really stimulating environments but do something have some people around you in some way that you can communicate with and talk through how you're feeling And if you don't want to do that, even just like journaling is a great place to start. Um, Facebook groups, getting yourself a coach if you really want to feel heard and supported um, and have someone you can just talk to. I think that's honestly priceless. Like talking can be such a great form of therapy and allow you to think through your emotions and perhaps put your finger on a problem that you didn't even realise you had. Sometimes giving someone else, uh, getting someone else's perspective can really rearrange your thoughts and, and give you give you a new perspective. Um, so yeah, even if you're not wanting to surround yourself with people, find a way of socialising, whether it's online with a coach or with your family, maybe phone calls um, or journaling. All those kinds of things are quite healthy for your vagus nerve and lowering your stress response as well. Um, Now, you might have noticed that all these things, all the things that I've just gone through are pretty holistic. And that's a good thing because, like I said, it means you can try and include them in your life without worrying about any side effects or if they're not going to work. You don't have to start to incorporate all these things into your life and, you know, overwhelm yourself. But just try and include something into your day each and every day that's going to stimulate your vagus nerve, reduce your stress and essentially promote healing in your body. And, you know, if you don't know where to start, just start with the breathing, like 10 minutes before you go to bed or 10 minutes throughout your day. Work on that deep, slow breathing into the belly and then relaxing again. Okay, because you're then going to start rewiring your brain to uh, go into its rest and restore state, into its parasympathetic response And that's what we want to do. We want to make that connection easier for your body to go into. I know I said I've finished recommending, but I've actually just had one thing that's come into my head that I want to say to you guys as well. Um, So research shows that um, massages can stimulate the vagus nerve as well. So the vagus nerve can actually be stimulated by massaging um, specific areas of your body specifically foot massages so like reflexology has been shown to increase vagal I think they call it vagal modulation but basically vagal tone um and decrease your fight and flight response now I know some people hate their feet being touched (laughs) so if that's you then don't worry about it but if you can maybe get a foot massage um from a professional or maybe from a family member or your partner if they're willing to do it um yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I love having my feet touched. I don't know. I can't believe I'm sharing this on the podcast right now, but I can really resonate with that. Like if I have a foot massage, I can literally fall asleep instantly. So that goes to show that it's putting you into your parasympathetic response. Obviously, if you're someone who's quite ticklish and you don't like your feet being touched, then it's not going to calm you down. It might make you laugh, um, but that's just something that popped into my mind um, that I forgot to mention. So (laughs) If you want to try foot massage as well, then go for it. Um, Yeah, 
But the main take home today is start to incorporate some of these things into your day, into your week. You don't have to overwhelm yourself. None of these things have side effects. Um, Yeah, just do what you can to activate that vagal nerve because it's going to be a key part of your healing from CFS. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you feel like you could use some support and practical advice on how to recover from chronic fatigue syndrome, then I am always happy to have a chat. You can find me on Instagram at SKY underscore coaching underscore.